Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. And welcome in to the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Baseball Podcast. This is the first edition of the week. As always, I'm your host, Colby Conway, at Colby R. Conway. And 4th of July is here. Matt Sells, how's everything going for you, my friend, at The Sells Man on Twitter? It's going pretty well, going pretty well. Um, You know, getting pumped for, you know, usually we have a couple of days off in this industry for 4th of July. Yeah, there's still some games, but... You know, getting patriotic. Probably going to do some grilling tomorrow for the uh, for the fourth. Um, how are things in uh, your neck of the woods? Hot, unbearably hot. Yeah, I haven't had quite the heat here yet, but we had Thursday, Friday, Saturday this weekend. We had ridiculous thunderstorms roll through that just like uh, blew my gate off the hinges. I had to go fix that now. Yeah. yeah, I think we have I think we have the weather that in terms of that. I think that's coming starting tonight or tomorrow, I believe. We're recording this Monday, a little before noontime, Monday, July 3rd. But I've had a heat advisory the past four days that has been issued starting at 7:30, 8 in the morning. That's not fun. Here in North Carolina. So it's already 89 right now, feels like a hundred, and it's eleven o'clock. And then yesterday when my wife and I we had some errands and stuff that we were running in the morning started our workout around three or four o'clock and it was 91 felt like 102 as we worked out in our garage so no it's 80 here but only feels like 82 so 89 feels like 100 so but you know what i will take that because from where i'm from up in the northeast come october when they're wearing sweatpants and sweatshirts i can still go sit on the beach so i will gladly take it but let me tell you this Aside from the weather, I got some other complaints, Matt. I got some other things that I want to insert expletive here about. I don't know if I can actually say it or not, but I, I want to complain a little bit. So let's open the show. Let's talk about this monstrosity of these MLB All-Star Game rosters. I don't even know where to begin. I have four different launching points that I could go off of, and oh, one of them is probably the least relevant of them, but I'm going to start with 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 this one. How, how, let me start. How does Wander Franco not make the all-star game? We'll talk about him. And then also, did Fernando Tatis Jr. simply not make it because of the PED suspension? Or am, am I just, am I thinking that the MLB was trying to basically punish him again for the suspension or for the PED usage? So that's an excellent question. We'll talk about Wander Franco 
a bit later in the show. Um, I don't know how Fernando Tatis didn't make it. Could it be like the fans haven't paid attention to the Padres who are getting a little better in the last month or so? Like, because there's been this narrative that the Padres have been terrible this year. And yes, their record isn't what we expected it to be, but that doesn't take away from the fact that Tatis Jr. has been fantastic this year. One of the best in baseball at any position in general. Juan Soto starting to figure it out. He made it as a reserve for the NL, but no Fernando Tatis Jr. So, like, it might be the PED thing. I, I don't know. Um, but that's, yeah, that's that's one of the issues that I have. There, there are numerous. Um, why is Orlando Arcia the starting shortstop for the NL? Yeah, I mean, why? <laughs> yeah, that one, that one's bad. And let me just let me let me go back to Tatis quick. Off the top of your head, do you know how many players there are in Major League Baseball with at least sixteen home runs and fourteen stolen bases as of right now? At least sixteen homers and at least fourteen steals. It's not many, but I think it's like three. Three. It is Fernando Tatis, sixteen fourteen. I'm looking over here on my screen. Corbin Carroll at 17-24. Acuna at 21-39. Acuna is 83 games. Corbin Carroll is 80 games. Fernando Tatis is 64 games. Sorry. Not an all-star, though. Yeah, I... Now, the Arcia thing, that's the good team luxury. I want to say tax, but it's more of a benefit. That's the good team. The 2015 Royals, right? Where they got like everybody on the starting AL roster was a Royal for better or worse. But like, if you look at, and I know F war is not exactly the best way to do this, but if you look at F war and you're just looking at, uh, nationally shortstops and we're going to narrow it to guys with at least 150 plate appearances, because again, RCA missed some time, right? Where do you think Orlando Arcia ranks in war among NL only NL shortstops? Well, he made an all he made, he made, he's the all star game starter, so one would think he's probably pretty high, but I, I, I know that's not the case. I mean, I'm, I'm going to take a very conservative guess and say outside the top seven or eight. He's actually he's fifth. He's basically right there with like Xander Bogarts, slightly ahead of Trey Turner, um, but he's behind Matt McClain, who's having a heck of a rookie year. In twenty fewer games, Matt McClain has as many home runs, more runs, as many RBI, more steals, and better batting average on base and slugging than Orlando Arcia. McClain is fourth. Lindor is third. Perdomo is second, and Dansby Swanson, who got relegated to reserve duty, is one F war. Like he's at two point eight, RC is at one point nine. So he's almost a game better in F war halfway through a season, and that guy's relegated to reserve duty. Uh, I don't understand it, and I've been campaigning for no fan votes for the All Star game for a while, and they just keep proving me correct um it they they just missed like i get having matt olsen and albies and riley and 
Acuna and Sean Murphy on the all-star team, I don't get Orlando Arcia. I mean, when you look, I know it's not the National League, but all Arcia has been this year is J.P. Crawford with a higher batting average. Yep. And we've never probably even considered Crawford at all in terms of all-star game. And then also, like, I know he's come on more of late and there was a bit of a slow start, but Ezekiel Tovar has more home runs, more stolen bases, more runs scored, more RBI. He's just hitting about 30-ish points lower. Yeah, but Why not him? The effect, right? The what? That's the Coors effect, right? We don't give credit to people who that's play true. Coors, right? That's true, but, I mean, it's numbers. I mean, at the end of the day, it's yep. numbers. And I bet I would let me let me ask you this. It's basically just a it's a, a question based off a comment I made earlier. If Arcio is having this season, and let's say he was the shortstop for any other team, does he make the All Star game? Does he get this bump? You think he's just getting the Braves bump? Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. I mean, I I think it's what you exactly what you said. Like he's on a good team. He gets credit for being on a good team. So, you know, that he's there. For example, C.J. Abrams has almost the same – he has the same number of homers, almost the same counting stats, way more steals. Granted, the batting average is worse, but he's on the terrible Nats, and so he doesn't even get considered, which I'm not saying he's an all-star. I'm just saying – if you swap those two guys, I guarantee you that C.J. Abrams is a starting shortstop in the National League because he was on the Braves. And then opposite of the like a Braves bumper, the good team, the good team bonus that when it comes to all-star voting, every team's got to get a representative. I get it. I know sometimes you're grasping for straws for players, but I can't be the only one that could have picked two or three other Tigers to get in instead of Michael Lorenzen. Yeah, we, we read the rule, and the guy doesn't even have to be healthy enough to play, nor does he actually have to play in the game. So why not Eduardo Rodriguez, who's been really quite good for the Tigers when he's been on the mound? Like, obviously, he's hurt now, but he's been pretty good for them this year while, while, he's, been on the, uh, while he's been on the bump. And then even Erod would be my choice as well. And, like, sure, you want to take Lorenzen? He's at 82 innings on the year, 14 starts. Eduardo's only a couple starts behind yeah. and a handful of innings. It's not like Lorenzen's pushing amongst the league leaders in innings pitched. I know Erod's missed a good amount of time, but he's better than Lorenzen in every category. And then even if you don't go Lorenzen, I mean, looking at the offense, I, would, I, I wouldn't give it to Torque. I know he's coming on a bit late with power. I probably wouldn't go to him. I mean, Zach McKintry has been good in terms of average homers and steals. I mean, he wouldn't be the most appealing option there. Uh, Andy Abanez has come on a bit of late. You could look at the closer who's been half decent if the American League needed relievers. Or, I hadn't even considered this, but he's only six homers behind Orlando Arcia for the year, so we, I guess we have to consider him. But you said for nostalgia's sake, give it to Miggy. He's 77 years old. It's his last All-Star game. Let's go out with some nostalgia. I would take any of those guys above Michael Lorenzen at this point in the All-Star game. That's the one that I just... I. I understand each team's got to be represented. I just don't get how they came to Lorenzen. Right. Like, give Miggy the send-off in front of the fans, in front of a very good baseball crowd in Seattle. Um, you know, let him go out with, with 
Sure. Is it going to tack on another all-star thing to his resume? Okay. But it's not like he's not a Hall of Famer to begin with, even without one more all-star team, right? So just sentimentality. Just give the fans a chance to see Miggy one last. He doesn't even have to play. Just have him out there and wave to the fans and everybody will be fine. Uh, I'm with you. I don't get the pick there for the Tigers. I have less of an issue in the American League, although, I mean, I get Aaron Judge had a pretty good year when he was healthy, but I always, I kind of dislike it when guys who are having equal years but are healthy get outvoted by dudes who got injured simply because the fan base was bigger. Um, you know, the, the biggest gripe is certainly Wander Franco on the American League side, but other than that, I can't really complain about any of the pitchers. Can't look at a single one of those guys and say they don't deserve to be there. Um, yeah, yeah, congrats on Baltimore, by the way, for getting quite a few, quite a few All Stars this year. They're the future. I love this show. Hey, takes up the DH and the pitching spot, by the way, which he should. I'm just saying. I, Agreed. I love that. Saves a spot. Gave Agreed. somebody else. And, you know, it's one of those things, too, where, like, we get all this outrage, and then in the coming days, like, starters are going to end up throwing, you know, their last game a day or two before, so they're not going to go, and we're going to get all these alternates that come into play. So don't get me wrong. I do think we'll see Wander at the All-Star game, but the fact yeah. that he wasn't voted in from the onset, that's the issue. Other guys like Paul Goldschmidt probably deserve some consideration. David Bednar should got a ton of consideration for it. But, honestly, a lot of these snubs that we all say and see – we're going to see half of them in the game anyway. I mean, yeah, but I always feel bad about like, oh, this guy still made it. So, like, that takes some of the heat. Yeah, he made it because dudes got hurt. Like, he should have just made it to begin with. Right? But, I mean, that, that'll surely happen because I know we're going to talk about one of these guys coming up in the injury segment um, that made it who won't make the trip to Seattle. Yep, absolutely. But, and with – and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about the rosters. Everyone has plenty of time to complain and moan about it and then get the alternates and we'll have all from there. But Matt, as we're recording this, it's a Monday over at fantasyalarm.com. Justin Fensterman, the incomparable, the one and only, put out his fantasy baseball injury report. And there are some big names in this week. So let's start Shane McClanahan, all-star himself, potential Cy Young guy, mid-back tightness. They pushed him back a couple of days. He made a start. Didn't look right. Didn't look good. The IL stint at this point made sense. I understand them trying to wait it out once, but the fact that it bothered him again, it makes sense. Put him on the aisle. He's way too valuable. They'll be fine for the next week and a half, two weeks. They'll be fine. You've got yeah, to have and, him for the stretch. And, and by the way, for fantasy owners here, this is about the best time to go on the IL because the 10 days isn't game action. It's 10 or 15 calendar days, regardless of – it's not games. It's just days. So he goes on the IL now. 15 days puts it basically right after the All-Star break. So he's really only going to miss maybe one, maybe two starts tops. So, you know, this kind of saves you saves you some of that. But by the way, have you taken a look at the rotation that the Rays have on the IL? You mean the... One that's probably a top three unit in Major League Baseball. 
Shane Baz, Josh Fleming, Shane McClanahan, Drew Rasmussen, Jeffrey Springs. I think I'm going to stand by my comment. Yeah. That's <laughs> the worst one is Josh Fleming, and we would still have him on our fantasy teams as, a, as an SP5. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's pretty ridiculous. Um, <laughs> they have that much depth because they still, by the way, have Glasnow, Bradley, Eflin, and Chirinos in their starting four. So they are, if you're wondering how the Rays are winning so much, that's how they have a redonkulous amount of pitching. Yep. And you made a good point as well. So he's on the aisle. Let's just say to make it very simple from the time they're recording it two two calendar weeks. Right. Is when he makes his return. He comes back the 17th. During those whole 14 calendar days, he would only have missed that that day he would come back would be the ninth game. So a start or two. You're probably two starts, right? Because you yep. and if they can push him a couple days, he can avoid facing Texas too, which we all know how good they are against lefties. So there could they have be four starters on the American League All-Star team, and I don't have a problem with any of them. <laughs> exactly. So McClan's gonna miss a start or two, but hopefully it won't be much past that for fantasy managers. I can almost assuredly tell you those fantasy managers with Jazz Chisholm Jr. Super excited to get him back. What a fun week it was. Don't go watch the video. It is no, not good. I saw it. I, I saw it like one minute. At, like I saw it on Twitter like a minute after it happened. And he swings and yanks. Like immediately lets go of the bat and holds his uh, oblique and... Then things turned bleak real quick. Ooh. A bleak from the oblique. Yeah. Spelled two like different it. ways, by the way, because we love English, right? <laughs> yes, of course. We, um, we absolutely it, do. It's, it's not great, right? Obliques tend to linger. Um, they tend to be the trickiest soft muscle or soft tissue injury to come back from because you're never quite sure when it's 100%. Because the only way to test it is to swing, and then that risks injuring it, right? Um so he's probably going to be out for – do you think he comes back by the end of July? No. No. It's like mid-August, right? My – in my unprofessional medical opinion, in that I also give very broad ranges, I'm thinking six to eight weeks. Just from what we've typically seen from obliques, like it can go as long as eight. I don't, I don't think this is a four-week thing. Just because he also yeah. was banged up a bit before, I know separate issue – but that's still involved. I wouldn't plan for end of July. I'd look, I'd look early to mid August. Yeah. That's so. And hopefully we get more information about it. And that way, you know, from actual licensed uh, individual in the field, not me being the, you know, the, the podcast doctor type, that's just kind of speculating, but obliques typically we're in that four to six week range. Yeah. If they're the mild kind, if they're, you know, and it depends on the guy, right? Because obviously some dudes heal faster. Some dudes don't. Um, didn't the Bengals say that Jamar Chase healed faster because he's just that guy? Mm-hmm. Like that was their medical opinion. He's just that dude. Uh, so maybe just Chisholm is that dude. I don't know. But um, it's kind of unfortunate. He's kind of coming, becoming the Byron Buxton of the NL. I think, unfortunately, I think that comp – is all too closely correct, unfortunately. Power, speed, okay, Injured. average gets hurt a lot. 
Yep. And technically their initial report was day to day. This is not a day to day thing. It's day to day until the test comes back. That's all yep. it is. It's, They're just waiting for the test. That's all it is. It's day to day because it happened on a holiday weekend and it takes four extra days to get a test back. Yeah. That's that is exactly it. And then speaking of bleakness with obliques, Royce Lewis also IL with an oblique. He's an interesting one too because the numbers have been good. They yeah. haven't let him run. Nope. And I don't think this is going to really help. I know it's because he was coming back from the knee, so they were trying to play it careful with him. But now, on top of being cautious from the knee, now an oblique issue. I mean, they need – he's the only guy in that lineup that was really hitting for average reliably. So right. I don't think if, – if you were banking on Royce Lewis coming up and giving you a bunch of stolen bases, it I think – if that ship – if that ship – if you were waiting for that ship just to get through enough games and you were expecting that ship to set sail here, maybe post all-star break, that ship is docked. That ship is not leaving the Harbor anytime soon. Nope. Definitely not. Um, same thing. Obliques are tricky. Um, man, I feel bad for the twins though, man. They got a lot of offensive stuff that just hasn't gone their way. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, Nick Gordon, when he was there was terrible. And then he broke, he, he broke a bone. Uh, so he's out for a while. Royce Lewis can't stay healthy. Um, none of their power bats have really taken off. So just disappointing across the board for the Twins. I, would you – I'm contemplating dropping Royce Lewis at this point. Yeah, I think in a shorter – Yeah, you can find in shorter guys benches that are hot will. won't kill your average and then provide some counting stats. Mm-hmm. Like – yeah. Yeah. Shorter redraft formats. I think I would too. Like that 326 average will be hard, but you can stream, you know, like back right, when Ryan O'Hearn was hot. That come over. Cause if it's a 326 right. average over like 50 at bats, it's not really changing your, your ratios on your team very yeah. much. Yeah. And you can, you can ride the hot bat, find someone who's hot for that week, yep. you know, pick them up, get a couple homers, whatever, drop them and just kind of keep shuffling this. Royce Lewis wasn't necessarily doing, I don't want to, I don't want to diminish what he's done this season, but it, he wasn't, he wasn't a world beater. He wasn't a fantasy yep. game changer. Like his 326 average, four home runs, one stolen base, 15 RBI, 11 runs across 26 games and 95 at bats you can piecemeal that together from three or Correct. four hot bats that you pick up over the course of a couple weeks. So yeah, I'm with you shorter redraft. I'm probably dropping Royce Lewis at this point. And then on the mound shoulder issues for Michael Kopech and Clayton Kershaw Kopech oft injured Clayton Kershaw is just old. And he's also, he's due for his yearly IL stint. Hasn't happened. He's ready for it. Now he, he deemed now is the time Kopech is a little bit interesting. He had the, if I'm not mistaken, he had an arm angle adjustment. And it led to like three or four outings with like eight plus K's. And he's been knocked around a little bit here. He's also had a little bit of history of arm problems. So how are you approaching these two injuries? Because both are just a little bit different in their own right, albeit both shoulder issues. Uh, I'm watching them like a hawk, to be honest, and see what exactly this amounts to. If it's just rest, okay, great. But if they find something else that's going to take them out for a while, then I have to reconsider, right? Kershaw the last, I don't know, six years, hasn't pitched a full season. Normally, it's a back thing with Kershaw. So I don't know if he was doing something to protect his back and then triggered a shoulder Um, because obviously everything is all connected there. But this just seems like a yearly, hey, I kind of need a rest now. Let's do this. And it 
you know, at a time it doesn't really kill the team that much because um, it is coming up on the All-Star break. Either that or he's trying to start another Dodger baby boom because we saw that last year with the All-Star game. Why every – if you paid attention earlier this year, like every Dodger that went to the – all <laughs> seemingly every Dodger or anybody that was um, associated with the Dodgers last year all went on paternity leave at basically the same time. That's because the, the All-Star game was in L.A. They didn't have to travel. They had a baby boom. Maybe Kershaw wants to do that again. I don't know. Uh, for Kopech, well, again, we'll wait and see. Shoulders are tricky, um, but I'm not pushing the panic button just yet. And Matt, of course, the first edition of the week, we always do flavor of the week or food for thought. So, Matt, what is on that mind of yours here as we head into the beginning parts of this week? Yeah, so this one's not necessarily going to be fantasy baseball related. It's more of a PSA, right? I'm going to tie it in with some food. It's 4th of July. I talked about grilling at the top of the show. Uh, I'll be making some some burgers and some some dogs, maybe some brats. We'll see. Um, just like fire, fireworks, they can be traumatizing for some people. So let's just be a little bit considerate. I'm not saying don't celebrate, don't show you know your your love of America or whatever, or blowing things up, whatever it comes down to for you. Just make sure your neighbors are cool with it, right? I have dogs. Uh, couple that with thunderstorms the last three days and fireworks for a week. And my dog has had to be on like calm meds every night for a week, which sucks. There's veterans I know who don't do well with fireworks because it triggers stuff from their service, right? So let's just be, I also have a daughter who uses a hearing aid. She doesn't like the fireworks either because it amplifies the sound right into her head. So let's just be considerate of people. Not saying you can't celebrate, just saying, you know, be, be kind, be considerate and then have fun. I am all for having the fireworks on July 4th, but it is July 4th, not July 2nd through 7th. That's what I always like to think. So take it on the 4th. And Matt, I'm going to keep mine short. MLB All-Star rosters are like moldy blueberries. I'm just That's how it is. There's some good ones mixed in there, but then you'll find the one with a little bit of mold. And then the one next to it's got a little bit of mold. And then you just got to kind of throw out that whole corner. And I just, these, I just saw these lineups and the rosters and all the alternates and, you know, sure, we're going to get a good batch of alternates. They went to the store and you got another pack, but I just, I don't like it. I'm going to be all for rosters. You know, just adds to the, adds fuel to the fire. And Matt, to wrap up the first edition of this week, it's everyone's favorite game show. Name that player, hinted at this one a bit, but this is the all-star snub edition within this game show. But uh, I am arguably the biggest snub from the All-Star game this year. Ronald Acuna Jr. and I are the only players in Major League Baseball that at least nine home runs and 25 stolen bases. And I'm one of just three players with nine home runs, 20 stolen bases, and a 280 batting average, 280 plus batting average. The other two are All-Stars, by the way. I have the best war in my position and tied for fourth best overall in Major League Baseball, yet not good enough to make the American League All-Star team. What ALE shortstop am I? You would be the wondrous Wander Franco. What a joke. I don't understand what this this kid has to like. He showed up, right? Like the first year, it was like, oh, everybody oversold him. He's not the greatest thing ever, right? And then he's just been developing. Sometimes these guys take a little while longer, right? Tampa had the the leeway to develop him. They signed him to like an eight year, hundred million dollar contract after like six games or something, right? Um, but I don't know what this guy has to do to make an all star team to be you said it he's fourth best in war in baseball regardless of position yep so and he's a look, top five overall player and not good enough to make one half of the league's all-star team yep 
And you know what? I'm fine. I don't mind Corey Seager. I, I'm glad Corey Seager made the team as the starter. I still think Wander should have been there, but Bo Bichette as the reserve shortstop, that's the one I don't like. And don't even get me started on Whit Merrifield. But before I go beyond there, Matt, we teased this one last week. We're bringing it back here. So AL West starting pitcher. Fantasy managers love what I did last year, mainly compiling an 11.7 K per nine across 148 innings with a 2.54 ERA. But this year has not been the same. My strikeout rate is down nearly 11 points from last year. Despite getting more swings out of the zone, my swinging strike rate has dropped over two percentage points, and my contact rate has jumped up nearly four and a half percentage points. Not much, not much has changed with my pitch mix. Velo is slightly down, albeit not overly concerning. And last year, I had a 28% strikeout rate against left-handed hitters, but this year it's just 14.7%, and my batting average allowed to left-handed hitters is almost up 100 points. So to wrap up this week's show, who is that AL West starting pitcher? And on the level level of concern, throwing it back to the pods from last year, shout out to the listeners from last year as well, what is your level of concern with this AL West right-handed starting pitcher? Are you Christian Javier? I sure am. Yes. Um, there's decent concern when your pitch mix from last year was good and you're getting more guys swinging out of the zone, yet your rates are dropping. I'm not exactly sure where you go to fix that. Now, here's my question. And as a, as a former catcher, maybe you could chip in here. Could it be sequencing? Could it be that he's throwing the same percentage of pitches, but he's not sequencing them as better? So guys are sitting on pitches more later in counts because I could throw you the same. I could throw a hundred pitches in two different games, throw the same percentage and sequence them and get totally different outcomes against the same team. Right. So that other than that, I don't really know what, I mean, aside from Texas being better than they were, (laughs) and the Angels offense being better but you still have Seattle is striking out a ton and Oakland is a triple a team so I don't know that's the only thing that's catching my eye is that maybe it's sequencing it in individual at bats yep concern should be relatively high with Javier and over his last four starts a 3.1 k per nine 7.27 ERA as we're recording this he's about to pitch in a couple of hours so we'll have to see the returns there but Matt It's been a pleasure with you this week, and we'll be back a couple days for the next edition. But give Matt a follow on Twitter, at The Salesman. I'm on Twitter, at Colby R. Conway. Let us know what you think about the MLB All-Star Game rosters, and we will see you later this week for the next edition of the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Baseball Podcast.